Welcome to another show of Don't Get This Twisted. I am Rob, along with my co-host as always, Tina. How are you doing, Tina? I'm doing good today, Rob. How are you? Oh, I'm peachy keen. You know, <laughs> getting by. Right? It's starting It's starting to get warm. Yes, it's getting very warm. I actually turned on the air conditioners today because it was so hot in the house. Yeah, it was It was warm today where, where I am. It was about 90. Mm. So it was, it was a bit warm. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. And and how are you today? I'm hanging in there. We got a we got kind of a heavy topic going on today. Uh we're going to be talking about the hardest times that we've experienced in our lives and how we kind of got over them or grew past them or survived <laughs> survived Surv- them. That Yeah, that, yeah. that's kind of a good way of putting it. <laughs> Sur- survived. I mean I, I guess it's all relative to what you went through, right? I'd agree. Some things are just little speed bumps and you're fine. And some are like really, really bad. And you, I think you did survive them. So, um, yeah. So I guess we can start with you because we kind of talked before we got here and I, I don't think I'm lucky. I don't think I've actually lived through anything ultra, you know, cataclysmic that, you know, the world has, I guess fallen down in my own mind, but I don't think that it's what most people would say. I've gone through hard times. I kind of told you before right. I had someone that was like, you really haven't gone through anything. You know, how can you talk you, my lack of empathy? And I was like, yeah, I'm just lucky, I guess. So we can start with you well, and I can. That doesn't mean that you didn't experience stuff. You totally did. It just. It, yes, but not on levels. I mean, I, again, it's relative, I guess. Everything's relative mm-hmm. to to you. That's if you true. Feel it also like has it's to the do end with your world, outlook. Yes. If you feel that it's the end of the world, it's the end of the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if the end of the world to me is not the end of the world to somebody else, it's much, you know, it's easy to look at it like that. So, like, I'm OK with that. I, I get it. I would never say, like, oh, you know you experienced less or you experienced more based on what it's based on whatever you think is a bad situation, I guess. So, mm-hmm. but you know, Very I think true. we both had, we both have had friends that obviously, you know, uh, I, I say, I would say that we, um, we, we uh, lob each other's issues at each other. And of course, like I might think that the, yes, that's super duper serious, mm-hmm. but it's really not, you know? So, um, yeah, let's start with you. <laughs> okay. So I was thinking there was a few times in my life that were pretty, there were pretty crappy. Um, I, the three that, the three that come to mind that were really heavy was when I was five years old and I had my tonsils out. I died on the operating room table. Um, had like a, a, I don't know what you would call it, but I remember going to the light and having a conversation and dropping back down to my body. Um, I guess I woke up during the 
the surgery and ripped out all the stitches that they just put in. I was bleeding to death. So they had to revive me and it it was a shit show. But so that, I mean, there's, there was like times like that, or I remember like a really hard time in my life was like that first heavy breakup. The, the one that it just lingers and it's horrible and there's fighting and there's all of that. I remember that being a really crappy time in my life too, that I, I did never want to experience again. Um, but I think the, the major one or like the time when I was at my lowest and I really felt like every bit of me was tested was the year that I turned 40. Uh, the year that I turned 40, I was trying to get pregnant. So I was on a bunch of fertility treatments. I was actually on a drug study to try to get pregnant that way. Um, I ended up having a couple of really bad miscarriages and one of the miscarriages caused me to have to have a partial hysterectomy because whatever had happened inside of me just kind of annihilated what was supposed right. to be healthy. So I had to uh, have an emergency hysterectomy the week of my daughter's uh, graduation. And um, I was very sick and having a hard time even walking up the bleachers to see her her graduate, which was kind of crazy. Um, and then three days before the surgery, she ran away. So I didn't know where <laughs> she was when I was going through the surgery. Um, wow. I, I did it actually, she, she hasn't lived with me since that time. So three days before my hysterectomy, she ran away and she's been gone since and, and life with hers is pretty much very minimal. Um, we don't have much of a, of a relationship to this day. So I had the hysterectomy 29 days after that, I walked into my parents' house to find my mom dead at the kitchen table. Um, and I couldn't remember how to get into my phone, my cell phone to call for help because my brain just wasn't working. So I had to sit there yeah. for like a half hour with and just stare at her and figure out like, how the hell am I going to call people for help? Um, so that was a huge thing that had gone on. And then um, after that, my my house was robbed and all of the all of the jewelry Fuck. that <laughs> that was um that, that I had gotten from my mom and my grandmother's who was inherited to me was, was taken along with like some guns and money and different things like that. So, uh, that went on and then, um, and then the, the dog had gotten into the house and my mom had given me a kitten right after surgery and the dog got a hold of the cat and killed the cat in front of me. It died in my arms. So like during, during that, um, oh, and Jesus my, my Christ. best friend at the time had to also have a, a hysterectomy because she had had some issues with her body. And so she was my, she was my support and I was hers. And here we're both down at the same time going through like probably the worst time of our lives. That was for me at the end of all those things happening, I couldn't pick myself up. I couldn't find happy. I couldn't, um, I couldn't find a place where I felt safe, especially because of the house being robbed. Um, and, and right after that, my husband had to go to another country for work. So I, I felt like 
I was so unstable and he couldn't even be there. And I, I didn't feel safe in the house. I was the one that found our house robbed. It was weird because I didn't go in the house right away. I sat in the car for probably about a half hour or so. And I just didn't want to go in. Well, I don't know if maybe somebody was in when I got here and it was an intuition thing or if, um, or if I, I don't know, just, I didn't go in. So during that time, I, I felt like I have been the most broken that I felt like I'd ever even seen anybody or heard of anybody being. And, um, I remember sitting at the kitchen table, just crying. And my dad was sitting there and he didn't, he had no idea what to say, no idea what to do. They were all on like I'm suicide sure. watch. And, <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. It took a, it took, um, it took a while. I would say it took about four years to get like to where I was wow. like in a, in a good place, like where I found my happy and I could smile and I could like kind of get through the things that I was going through. Um, yeah, it was a, that, that year sucked the worst out of any other time in my whole life. I am sure I, it sounds just, like it was just a domino effect of nonsense and bullshit. It was, it totally was. Like, fuck man. It, it, yeah. And it's like the, the, again, the way you're making it sound. And again, probably in the order that it was, it just mm -hmm. seems like, you know, someone was piling on. It was like, Jesus, could you stop at some point? It was, it was weird because my friends were like, and what's going to happen? What next? Like what could possibly happen next? And I was like, would you shut the fuck up? I don't want anybody asking what's next. There is no more what's next. I've, I've hit my limit, you know? And it was, it was, um, it I mean, was devastating. After all that, I mean, not hard to understand why. I mean, yeah. How, how many things can you go through until you just break? You know what I mean? Like literally, I don't know. You, you're just, you, you're broken. I, and I, I just, I don't know. You know I don't know if it was, if, if I was broken or if my life as I knew it was broken, I really don't know how to, how to gauge that because through everything that I went through, I felt that I was freed from a lot of things, but the damage was also really done in other ways. And it affected my relationship with my soon to be ex. Um, it, it was just a really hard time. And I don't think anybody knew what to say. You know, they were like, damn, Tina's gone through. I mean, they would sit with me and just watch me like waiting for, you know, how is she going to do this or is she going to make it or. Yeah, probably waiting for you to just break down more. I mean, because you, you like yeah. I said, you, you get to a point where you're. You just stop caring. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Where you're you're like, OK, this happened. OK, I, I can. I understand. Then this happened. It's like, OK, well. I, I guess this is just the way it is and you know I'll, I'll be okay and then then you know the next time something happens you're like okay fuck this like I, I can't like it's just you, you start wondering like you know it's just not fair not, you know mm -hmm. what I mean and again life isn't fair and I, I understand that but it's like when it's over and over and over and over and over you just get to the point where you either 
give up and you're like, yeah, I'm not doing anything anymore. Yeah. Or you literally just say, ah, fuck it. And you stop caring and you're like, yeah, whatever happens, happens. And I'm just going to keep going on. That's that's what I do. Yeah. I end I up just going, yeah, fuck it. I basically, <clears throat> excuse me, what, because of my, my health, um, my friends are like, don't worry about your daughter. She's old enough. Let her handle her own shit. She's 18. She's going to go where she wants to. And there's nothing you could do about it. You're, you're sick right now. You're having a lot of problems right now. And now your mom died. So now you have to like, you, you can't, I couldn't, um, I didn't mourn the, the, uh, the, uh, miscarriages that I had. Um, I didn't get to mourn the hysterectomy or the ability to not have children. I did mourn my mom's death. Cause that was right there in front of all of us. We all went through that. Um, but a lot of things I just kind of put in a big ball and like put it on the side. Like I couldn't, I couldn't look at anything, any one thing. Cause it was so monumental in its force with, you know, my life and what was going on. So it, I think for like the first four years, I just kind of survived. Um, didn't, I wasn't really taking care of myself, was definitely emotionally eating. Um, it just was trying to find my way through all the muck. My, my ex found it impossible to console me. There was nothing he could say, nothing he could do. I remember when the, the cat was like the final thing. That was the last of a long list of things that had happened. And he was outside with the dog for like hours. And he, he was pissed at the dog. He chastised the dog, you know, did whatever he did. Yeah. I was in the house crying and was pretty much inconsolable. My dad had to come here from his house to see if I was okay. And he sat there and just watched me cry. Cause he, at this point, he's like, fuck, I don't even know what to do for you. My best mm-hmm. friend was here. She just watched me cry. She cried with me for gosh, for weeks. And I just somehow, some way just found a way to put it aside and move past it. And, and again, not really deal with it. There's a lot, I'm, as I'm talking now, I'm, I'm I, the tears are running down. And so there was a lot of things that didn't get, I don't know if I want to say fixed, mourned, dealt with. I mean, I couldn't, I, I didn't have it in me. Um, so I just had to survive. And then it took, it took a long time, but I remember the start of, getting back to normal or like what made me start finding happy was one of my friends had found a couple of, of kittens that were literally just three, maybe four days old. And she wanted to keep one. And she asked me if I wanted to keep one. And I I needed something that made me happy. So I took in this little tiny midget cat and had to bottle feed it and take it with me everywhere. I have pictures of it it's sitting in my glove compartment as we took it to El Paso with us because we went on vacation, my friend and I. So it traveled That's in cool. my glove compartment of the car and it stayed in a big tumbler cup. I mean, it was a tiny little thing, yeah. but well, it I'm grew sure up. If you had to bottle feed it for sure. Yeah, it grew up to be a really beautiful cat. And it was funny because on the side of the cat was a big heart. So it it was kind of like cool. the cat that put the, the 
I don't know, just kind of gave me something to be happy about. And it was funny because the year, the year that my daughter was, was transitioning out of the house, I'll say, um, she, she and I really went through it. There was a lot that was going on and, and she was so frustrating for me to try to connect with. I had a hard time because again, going through the hormones, having the, you know, the miscarriages, the hysterectomy and everything, there was so much going on in my body. I just wasn't even right. Like my, my health, my hormones all fucked up. So when she left, I, she left on the day that my cousin got married and we came home from the wedding and saw that all of her crap was gone, except for the things that she wanted to leave to try to like make it a painful, like, wow, she didn't even take this, but she took everything else sort of stuff. Sure. So that, that went on. And I was just, I remember going, wow, she's really pissed off at me, but I kind of feel a little bit of relief. Like I, I don't have to fight anymore. Cause I couldn't at that point, mm. there was no fight in me to have. So I remember feeling relieved and then thinking to myself, wow, what a fucked up mom I was that I feel some relief that she, that she did leave. Cause I just couldn't fight anymore. There was no fight in, in me. So when I got right. this kitten, this kitten was my ex's pain in the ass. Like this cat acted up because it was him and it felt good. I'm like, oh, now you know what I went through when somebody's constantly bugging you. Like this cat would get on the uh, on the table where he would just put a glass of water and he'd sit on the table, look right at my ex and my ex would go, don't you dare. And the cat would knock it off the, the table and mm -hmm. then run and get in my lap. <laughs> so it was wow. like, oh, yeah. it, it was almost <laughs> like the cat was brought to me to like, okay, I realize you were, you were getting fucked with. So now it's his turn, you know? So right. he, he, the way he talks about this cat was the cat saved my soul, but, but drove him nuts. So yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was a, uh, it was meant to, I guess, show you both a, a different side of life. Yes. And see how frustrating it could be when you have someone constantly just doing what they need to do to piss you off or to frustrate you. Cause that's where I was with my teenage daughter. I was like, why is everything so freaking hard? Why, you know, and then, and then this cat I comes along and it was, and it was on such a small, like a small measure in comparison to all the other things, but it made me happy that he got to see even a little bit of what I was dealing with. Cause there were right. some things that were going on and I felt like, why is she setting me up to fight with her? Why? And then when I saw the cat do it to him, I'm like, good. Now he could see what it's like also. Right. So for me, it was, it was a little bit of relief and it was a lot of love and the cat just, the cat was all Tina, you know, it was, so I think that having something around that I had to take care of and, and something that made me laugh. And I, if I, I don't think if I had that cat, I don't think I would have been sane. And then another thing that I did because I needed to change me was I went back to school and started taking psychology classes and everything that I learned, I didn't point the finger saying, oh, you have this or, oh, you're like that. It was all what it, what am I, you know, what, what am I experienced? What am I going through? And I had one of the uh, best teachers. Um, I've been fortunate in my life. I've had some really good ones, but she was monumental in, in kind of helping me put myself back together. So that was 
a big thing that I did. And then I had to start losing weight because I was diagnosed as being a diabetic. And, um, over the course of, I believe it's been like six years ish, I've lost 118 pounds. That's amazing. Yeah. And I did it with no, uh, surgery with no real diet. I, I had to fix what was fucked up in my head. And as I fixed, as I worked at fixing, cause I don't think I'm really fixed, but as I've worked at it, I've, I've learned healthier ways of coping and dealing and I've been able to lose the weight. And it's, I didn't think I could ever do it to be honest with you, but, um, I have and, and, um, life is getting better. It's, it's taken now. Okay. So I'm 50 now and, you know, turning 50 during COVID and losing my job and my car taking a crap. It's dead. I had to get a new one and leaving my husband and the family and you know, not well, the family we created in the house that we have, like, right. it seems like every 10 years now I'm getting a big set of lessons where at 40, it was, you're going to lose everything that has to do with motherhood, being a mom, being a daughter, having anything that, that will remind you of that you're set free from all of it. And then this time it's, it's of the, the family that I created of the love that I had with, with my now ex and, and all that goes with it. So it's, it's been a trying it's been a trying time, both at 40 and at 50, but the 40 thing damn near killed me. The 50 thing I think to myself all the time, you know what? You've been through worse. Nothing could be harder than that. So do what you have to do and we'll get through this. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. It's just, you know, knowing that I'm strong enough to handle what comes next. Yeah. I mean, what, what do you think you did though? That was this, like, was there, was there like a, a time where you just finally went, okay, I, I see this is my point of trying to fix it and I'm going to do this, 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 and this. Or did it just kind of just happen naturally where you started doing certain things and then the next thing you know, you're like, oh, all right. Like I actually don't feel horribly shitty. Well, I think I think the cat was the catalyst. I think that having something to laugh at, something that needed me, something that was was on my side was perfect. I I needed him to heal my heart a little bit. Um, Going going to uh, to counseling is not what I did. I went to I went to uh, take a bunch of of. psychology classes, but that started me on working on myself. I started working out, which changed, you know, the, the, your brain chemistry so that you can do things, you know, the endorphins and everything that you need to, to be happy that helped, um, letting go of what I couldn't control was huge. Like I had to let go of the fact that I, I wouldn't have a mom that I could call for anything. Cause I did, you know, even though my mom was really bad in her addiction, the last 10 years of her life because of the brain aneurysm, if I called her, she would have, she was there. You know, when I went through my hysterectomy, uh, she made sure she was at the hospital, even though she was really bad at that time. Um, she made sure she rallied my friends to to take care of me during that time. So I was never left alone. Um, so she did, 
she did her part, you know, towards the end to kind of fix the relationship that was, it was kind of mangled. Like, let's face it, when you're dealing with somebody in addiction and, and you're the one that's, uh, that's, uh, got to take responsibility for a lot, you know, it's, it's hard. So I think that her dying and me having to let go of the hurt that I had with her and also understanding her addiction helped. I, I also, so a year after my mom died, um, the dog got in and was chasing my other cat <laughs> and I had to do the Superman leap onto the dog. And I, I, I landed on both of them, but the cat got out from under me. The cat was safe. They got the cat outside. Then we had to get the dog out from under me. Cause I wasn't getting up until the cat was safe. Right, and, right. um, I, so when I got up, I had this huge black bruise on my shin and it was black. I mean, I, I don't know what I hit it on, but you know, Superman never looks so good doing the dive yeah, and, whatever. <laughs> right. and, um, I, I had this huge bruise and for a week, it just was this big black bruise that wasn't getting better. And then, um, something happened. I was at my cousin's birthday party and my legs started to swell up and I had to get rushed to the emergency room. And I did an eight day stint in, um, in the hospital. And they thought that the dog bit me or the cat bit me or I got scratched or I had an infectious disease. Like they had no freaking idea what was going on. And every day they would come in and and put the circle around what appeared red on my leg and it kept growing. So at one point they were talking about um, amputating my leg and I was like, Oh fuck no. Are you, you, I'm I'm not hobbling out of this world. I'm going with both my legs. So, um, I checked my, well, okay. So during that time I was, they gave me dilated as soon as I got to the hospital for pain. Cause I said, Hey, I can't do morphine. It makes my skin crawl. Can you give me something else? Well, yeah, I, we talked about this before where you like yeah, started. They gave me it. a heavier drug and I was addicted for the eight days. So during that time, I, I understood something that I, I constantly asked. And that was why doesn't mom love us enough to stop? Why doesn't she stop her drug using because, you know, she, she was the best mom. Like she did everything for us. Like when she got so far into her addiction, she couldn't do anymore and she wasn't reasonable anymore and she didn't act right. She was a different person, but I always thought, how come she didn't love us enough to stop? So when, when I went through being an addict, not an addict, but being addicted to the dilated, I understood that she couldn't do that. And right there, there, there's a disconnect and we're going to talk about that in our addiction um, episodes, but there's a disconnect with people that use drugs. They can't get to that feeling of this isn't right. I got to stop. They don't get there because what's, what's in front of that is I need to get high or I need to get my pain managed or I need whatever it is. Yeah. Whatever it is. So I think that in a way going through that, problem with my leg let me understand my mom so I could let a lot go you know I I was able to so there was a bunch of things it wasn't any one thing there were several things I think that my my daughter running away and not coming back helped me to get over wanting to have kids because the hurt of that was so severe and and it hurt so bad that you know, just guarding yourself from wanting to have another baby, like, you know, 
yeah, I didn't want to have one after that. Like she killed it. Like she definitely, for me, my heart was hurt in a way that, that I don't think will ever be repaired. Like I don't get as close to kids as I used to. And kids adore me. I was like, everybody's babysitter took care of everything and everybody. Right. And, um, I don't do that so much anymore. You know, you, yeah, I mean, it I, could be that there's that just, it, you know, it took a part out of you that you, I, again, I, I think it, it, it's kind of like being in love way too many times where yeah. you get to a point where you're just gun shy about everything. Yeah. So the, I, get that. I, I think mostly with you where like you, you kind of said something that I think is, is very, um, at least what I got out of all of that is that the thing that was the biggest for you is realizing you have to get, let go of the things that you have no, that you can't do anything about. And, and also the that identity that I was given and, and given the, when I was younger, everybody was like, I can't wait for Tina to have kids. She's going to be a great mom. And she, right. she likes kids. It'll be fun to watch. And they, my grandparents and my parents were just really waiting for me to have kids, you know? And when it didn't happen, the, the, um, I felt like I let everybody down, you know, and, and that was, that was really hard to deal with also because everybody expected me to do something that wasn't getting done. So right. I think that dealing with, with just the fact that I couldn't have kids, my expectations, their expectations, all of the, the stuff I was going through with, with my child and, and everything, it was just, uh, it was a huge clusterfuck of emotions that I just couldn't, couldn't deal with. So I just put them away and let go. I had to let go. Okay. So you're not, you thought you were going to be a mom all your life. Now you're not, what are you going to be? you like, you still have, you're still here on this earth. So there's still a reason. So what is next or what do you do to fix that? And, and slowly, but surely I just started finding my way back. Mm -hmm. And that's, and I, and I think that that's, those were building blocks. You, You had to find steps to, to, put you in the right direction. Um, yeah. And a lot of people don't get past some of those steps. That's, that's the bigger thing. I don't think that I've gotten past all of them. I think it's going to be a, a long road to fix. I think some of us, some of us, there's some things you'll never get past or never get over or, or whatever that is. That's just life. I mean, that, that happens. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) <laughs> you know, like, like we were talking before, like I, there's not a lot of things that I would say are, are bad that have happened to me per se. Um, my divorce was hard. I think that was probably one of the bigger things I ever went through. And I'm lucky that I can say that. Um, and, and truly I just used friends. Like that was, I just leaned on everyone mm-hmm. I feasibly could for, for whatever it ended up being for me, because it always wasn't like, just having someone there sometimes was enough. It's like, oh yeah, blah, 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 blah. I could talk to somebody for 10 minutes and be good for the day. And then, right. you know, I, I, then I got talking to a really good friend of mine from, from junior high that really kind of set me to where, cause she was going through a hard time in her life as well. So we could both kind of lean on each other to where she was going through a bad relationship 
Um, I was getting over, you know, or going through that as well. Um, so for me, I'm lucky where it kind of comes to that. I think in your case, you had so many things happen so quickly that, that, you know, it's, it's like a blanket just being thrown over your head. You don't, you don't know what to do or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever metaphor you want to say, it's like sucking in water underwater. You know, you feel like you're just, yeah. your lungs are collapsing and you don't know what to do. So you panic and then something else happens and then you panic more and you panic more. And the next thing you know, you're, you get, you get to the point where the panic doesn't set you off. And mm-hmm. other people wonder what the hell's going on. Like, man, she should. And then you're just, it, it sucks to be cold inside. It sucks to be. Yeah, it does. And I hate to say, but and it's I don't also say such dead, a necessity at times. It, it is. You have to let go of some things because some things you cannot fix or you're, or they're out of your control. Mostly oh, yeah. relationship wise. Like, you know, you're going, you're going through your divorce right now. There's things that you can't change or, and I don't even want to say fix because that's such a bad way of putting it. Um, there's just things that are happening and you have to react without overreacting. Right. Um, and, and in my case, <laughs> I, I generally always overreact. I'm a, I fight way too hard to get nothing in the end. And I'm finding myself now kind of stepping backwards and going, look, this is what I want. And this is what you want. How do we get to this middle ground? And if we're not Mm going to get there, uh, we both have to understand that and do whatever we are going to do. You're kind of in that spot right now. You know what's coming, but you have to know what's coming after this. Yeah, so, I still have no plan, and that's no, totally hey, but that's okay. beyond what type of person I normally am. I was uh, telling I, my friend I, today, I'm like, I have no idea here. I have no idea. I She's had, like, what I next? Had, I don't know. I had no clue for six months, seven months. It's almost no two clue. years, Rob. <laughs> no, but I mean, no, no. I was still going through the divorce, though. Seven months later, I kind of went, okay, what you know, we went through this discussion and once we knew like, okay, this isn't happening anymore. Um, you know, what, how, what am I going to do? And that's kind of where I went with, you know, my, my friend in Las Vegas, I ended up like moving there and just to, I think that was, uh, you know, out of a lot of different things, but to start over. Like I needed something so shocking and to punch myself in the face. Um, But I was also chasing things that I had no business chasing. So um, which is a theme from what I understand with me. I, I like chasing things that I either can't have or um, shouldn't be. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm trying to do my best not to do that anymore. (laughs) Like, I know what I want, uh, but I can't, I can't chase something you know that doesn't want I've me You know what I've learned there. a long time ago is you cannot beg somebody to love you. You cannot mm. force them mm. to love you. The best thing to do is just stand back 
and they'll find you. They'll find their way to you. If they're supposed to be there, they're going to be there. And there's nothing you could say. There's nothing you could do that's going to fix that. You just have to let it go. Fate is a very bizarre thing. Is it not? Fate is very bizarre. So, um, yeah, like, look, you, you can't you can't fight a lot of things. It's kind of like what you had to go through. You, you couldn't fight those things. They happened because they were supposed to happen. And mm-hmm. you came out of it strong. Uh, I, strong I, I, I and broken. <laughs> yeah. Look, we're all, we're all broken. I, well, I don't care what anybody says. You can be the strongest person in the world. Even if you're, we're, we all have cracks. I mean, I have it tattooed on me to the point where, look, you, you have to have a reminder that it's OK that you're you're a little damaged. It doesn't mean that you're falling apart. Being broken to me doesn't mean you're falling apart. But I have a weird way of looking at it. Look, we all have cracks in us. You just mm-hmm. can't fall apart. That's that's how I look at it. You you I did fall apart, but you've got to be able to pick yourself up, dust yourself off and find a way around it. You know, another thing that I think helped and and I don't give it enough credit is having the sense of humor that I have, because after I quit crying, then I started making fun of things that were going on that were so wrong and it was so inappropriate. And it was something that that I'm thankful for every day that I had friends that were just as sick and twisted as I was that I could make fun of this stuff. And we'll be like, yeah, she's going to be okay. Cause she's starting to, she's starting to come out of it. She's starting to see the humor in it. She's starting to see the, the, the life change that was created because of being set free. Just like now being set free is happening again. Like it's sure. There's, there's going to be nothing that I'm attached to after this, um, that, that is going to force me to stay or be something that I'm not. It's gone. Everything is handled. (laughs) I I think, I think that a lot of people, look, we, we all have that dark side of humor that we try to see even shitty things can be funny. You have to laugh at yourself or laugh at things sometimes that are just so overwhelmingly bad. Yeah. Like you just sit there and you go, fuck, is this really happening to me? And then you find humor in that. Like, yeah, I like, and, and you, you got to keep wondering why, like, eh, it just keeps happening and keeps happening. But I, I have a very dark sense of humor anyway, like, like really bad, dark sense of humor to the point where like people are like, yeah, you're that's horrible. It's like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think you have to find whatever your way of getting through things. And and they're all it's different for everybody. Uh, some people need therapy. Some people need self-therapy or friend therapy or, you know, someone to just go, hey, look, eh, at the end of the day, it's going to be fine. Sometimes that will get you through. That'll at least get you through a day when you're, you know, at the end of your at the end of your rope. And and look, uh, suicide is a big deal. It's and it happens and it happens a lot to a lot of different people. And you can either take your own life or slowly take your own life. Like we like I said, we're going to talk about addiction. 
where Mm -hmm. to me, that's, that's slowly doing it. It's like, if to me, that's worse, but you know, I, I kind of look at things very differently. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, uh, you've got to find a way through it. And, and there is, there's ways of, of getting through it. In your case, it was, I think you got to the point where, like I said, you let go of the things that you you have absolutely no control over. I, I I'm did. there right now. I, I am totally there right now. I'm there like they're in life. I'm like, okay, I, I can't control this. So I can't dwell on this and I can't dwell yeah. on people down the street and I can't dwell on people across the country. Um, the, <laughs> life is in front of me. And, and whatever it is that you have to do to make it work, you have to. And if those things come back around, they come back around. And at that time, you pick up the ball and run with it. That's, you know, that's, being a hairdresser, I always have something to say. If somebody comes up and needs advice or whatever, I normally, I could give a good piece of advice. I I think I've lived through enough that I could kind of shed some light on something. But I I... I don't have any other way of helping anybody through what they're doing other than to say, have faith and breathe. Because if you have faith, everything's going to work out. It's going to anyway. Nothing stays the same. Everything's going to work the way it's going to work. And you you can't, when you're going through it, you can't see what you need or what you're going to do. Or you just have a feeling. It just hurts. It just sucks. You just have to go through it. But through that hurt, if you if you just have faith that, that that there is a reason for it and you will you will have you know you will be able to figure out the reason eventually you just have to go through the process you you could spend less time feeling sorry for yourself and more time living basically i remember sure. when i went through all that stuff I, I i told my ex i don't know what is fucking going on but when i when I die, God better have a freaking answer for me. Cause this is, this has been the worst like time of my life and, and having faith, like really, I'm not even that religious to, to be tested <laughs> to that degree. I didn't think, but you know, I was tested and I did get through it. And you know, I, I actually now because of it, like just from my mom's death, I am when, when my friend, told me today that his dad passed away, he died in his arms a few days ago. And, uh, he said, he, I'm sitting in the bathroom waiting for, you know, the, the rosary and I'm crying by myself. And I told him, I said, you know, it's okay for you to cry and it's okay for you to let people see you cry and go through it because everybody needs to know you're human. Everybody needs to know where you're at and you need to, you need to, let them in. I wouldn't have known that had I not gone through it. And, and not only that, but I, I tell people things like, you know, my mom died 11 years ago. I see her face in the mirror at least a few times a week. I hear my voice is her voice that's coming out of my mouth. Um, I see, I see how she acts and the attitude that my niece gives, you know, I see my mom through my niece. Um, people send me pictures. I got pictures the other day and my mom is 
it was on my baptism day and my mom was 19 at the time. She's sitting behind me and my godmother and she looks like a little kid. And I was like, wow, like, okay, mom was really young having me. No wonder she wasn't like, you know, she wasn't the perfect mom, but she did everything she could to be. But no wonder she did the shit she did sometimes. So you get like, and I tell people love on your parents, spend time with your parents, do whatever it is that they want to do. Quit being an asshole to them. Spend the time because the day that you can't is the day you're going to understand what I'm saying. Don't wait till that day. So I feel like through helping Mm -hmm. other people or letting them get through some of their issues that they've got with their parents. Like some of my friends, like we've really, I've told them just knock your shit off already and, and quit fighting with your parent. Do you want this or not? Like, and them changing and being able to take care of their parents. Cause you know, at some point things turn and we have to take care of our parents. Like I'm seeing the benefit of me telling them, you're going to miss them no matter how bad or, or what's going on. You're going to miss them. And, sure. and I think that all of these things that I've done have, has helped put me back together. And again, still not, I don't think I've, I've gone through everything I need to go through. I think grief is something that pops up all the time, but mm-hmm. if you just have a little faith and know that life isn't going to stay that way, it does, it does get bearable at some point. If you, if you just hold on long enough, it does. For me, yeah, it took I mean, a while. I think so. I, I think, look, um, at, at the end of the day, I think what you're saying is, is very true. Like mostly with friends and family and uh, relationships, whatever, like you have to live in the now. Because mm-hmm. truly, uh, we, we could all be gone um, very quickly. Um, so I think we, we should live in the now. Yeah. Um, you you kind of said something too. Um, I, I don't know what it's, I forgot what it's called. And we, we could probably do the research on it. But there's a Japanese tradition where they take a, a bowl and they break it. And they solder it back together with gold. Right. And, and the whole point is, is that even though it's broken, it's still OK and still pretty and still solid. Um, that's mm-hmm. us. We're, we're, you know, we're we are that bowl. We're all a little broken, but we're all stuck together with gold. It's just a matter of getting through that every day and realizing, hey, uh, I'm I'm going to be OK. And we are. All of us are going to be OK as long as we live in the now. Mm hmm. I think that's really Absolutely. important. It's, it's also um, important to just, mm-hmm. to just be okay. Like I, I realized there was a bunch of stuff going on, but when my friend could say something that made me laugh when I was in the middle of crying, I appreciated that. Like that little break. Can we have a little break? Can you do that again for me? You know, can we have more of those? I think that, that you find humanity in, in times like this where it's amazing the people that show up when you didn't think anybody was really even paying attention to what you were going through that that was that was cool to see and it helped uh, make it a little easier oh uh, yeah look and, and I think what you just said is huge too is that it's okay to just be okay mm-hmm you don't have to be perfect every day. You don't have to be amazing. You don't have to be great. It's okay to be okay. Cause yeah, 
An okay day is better than a shit day and shit days lead to other bad things. <laughs> Sometimes it's good to be okay. I remember that, three days. Uh-huh. What's that? Oh, no. I remember going. three days after my, my mom passed was my best friend's wedding. And I had promised I would do her hair and her makeup for the wedding. And I remember her saying, you I don't, you know, you don't need to be at my wedding. I don't need you there. And I remember going, are you crazy? Like I've been waiting for this day for a hundred years. Like you need to get married and I'm going to be there. And I remember walking into her house or her brother's house the day that she got married and everybody looked at me like, holy crap, she's here. Like, how is she going to do this? And just, just being able to not be at home with people bringing over casseroles and doing a bunch of dishes and taking care of everybody as they're trying to take care of me, that break, that going to the wedding, that being in the moment, that, that, that seeing her happy. I so like looking back, I so needed that day. I just needed a little bit of peace to kind of get my bearings and do what I needed to do next. I think you need to see that people, other people were living and you could, you can yes. get to living again. Yeah. Because doing that hair and makeup was what you did living. Mm-hmm. So, you know, look, I, I get that. Sometimes even in the dire, you know, straits of shit days, when something like that happens where you just do something that you love to do or it happens to fall in your lap that you can go do this or that. It, it makes you feel like, okay, things are all right. And, 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 and maybe tomorrow they won't be, but mm-hmm. today, right now, <laughs> things are all right. And it's like, I, I get that. And look, nothing goes away overnight. Nothing. Yeah. No, nothing goes away overnight. Sometimes it takes years before that goes away. And, or maybe it, it doesn't ever, maybe you have to live with whatever damage sure. you've had to acquire and learn to live with it. Correct. I think that there's rooms in our head that are just locked that have all those shitty yeah. things in them. We just happen to make sure we get that key and throw it away. Absolutely. You know, or there, hold on to it and, and make sure that no one opens those doors. And if they open, yeah. you don't let it tear you down for sure right and just know things are going to get better at some point just have faith in that because nothing stays the same is that going to be your final word for today i think my final word would be you don't know how strong you are until you have to go through that and so just know you're strong enough you'll get through it and try to breathe and and do whatever it takes to just get to the next day. That's my final Sounds good. I, I think that's pretty good. Uh, I, I'm going to end this on a, on a, a very bad joke I heard, but it's, it's kind of funny <laughs> because, because, because uh, you're, you're native American. So, so <laughs> I, I, I'm a, I'm a teepee and a wigwam. So what am I? That's a good I'm question. Too, I'm too tense. <laughs> That's horrible, Rob. <laughs> it, it is. It's horrible. But it's on a, I got that off a really good show. If you haven't watched <laughs> Ted Lasso on, on Apple, on, on Apple, it's uh, absolutely amazing. 
Right on. Okay. I'll check so, it out. Um, yeah, it's really good. Um, you want you want to give them the 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 sticky stick at the end? Yeah, I could totally do that. Um, Let's give it to So, them. guys, we are at 39 states now. We, we're getting there. We're trying to get the, all 50. We're about 11 shy. Um, excited about that. We are in 19 countries. We are now in Scotland, which I think mm-hmm. is kind of cool because who would have thunk that we would? I know. <laughs> who would have thunk? <laughs> who would have thunk a lot of shit, but yes, that one's another kind of fun <laughs> right. one. So yeah, so we're in 19 countries. We we did um we doubled our week's numbers in a couple days last week thanks to uh Big Adrian doing his uh promoting along with he he's so much fun to have on the show. So that was a really good week and we want to keep that up and we want to continue right. to do more. So please make sure that you uh that you find us and you subscribe or you follow or do whatever you got to do. Uh, you could reach us on Spotify, Apple, Google podcast, Amazon outcast, um, player FM, iHeartRadio, And we were able to, you were able to find us on Facebook, but starting June 3rd, there's going to be no more podcasts via Facebook. So look at us, look for us at any other way that you listen to podcasts and um, please feel free to reach out on our Facebook page at DGT twisted or Twitter and Instagram. You could reach us at DGTT. Yep. The old podcast. Um, Yes. Please subscribe, share where you know, we're looking for yes, Utah share. and Louisiana and Alabama and Wyoming and North Dakota. And some of them winds way up, up, up north. That I, I don't know. Rhode but, Island uh, yeah, and Vermont. It, uh, I think my final thoughts for this is exactly what you said. Just realize that some things you cannot change and you have to live with that. Absolutely. And this is an opinion show, so don't get it twisted. Please subscribe. Please have fun. Keep listening to us. Uh, I put out a a post the other day about um, giving us some ideas, and I actually have some. So we we got a couple of people that uh, actually threw some our way. Some very interesting ones. Some ones that are are more for you, but... Mm. um, yeah, very female led, which it makes sense because it came from somebody who's female. But um, I'll go over those with you and we'll start uh, planning these shows out. And uh, just so you know, we're on every Wednesday, every Wednesday. Yes. We're dropping shows like they're pancakes. They're hot. Please share with your friends. I'd really like to get all 50 states. I'd really like to have another epic week where we jump another set of numbers. Like, let's see what we could do. And thank you guys for listening. And we will see you or hear us or whatever. You know what I mean? Next week. (laughs) And uh, for my lovely, lovely co-host, Tina, I'm Rob. And we'll see you in a week. Bye.